welcome to episode 414 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Welcome to me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. He interrupted during my intro, which he has never done. Now he must pay his penance as Russell John the Fisherman. Hi. I forgot to put a hat on. What? You have zero patience. Do you not? Do you not think? That me, a man in complete control of his instrument, <laughs> doesn't fuck things up on purpose for comedic effect? No, I. you've been doing that the whole time. I've been doing it my whole life. Also joining me is Randy Michael Stat from Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, sir. What's up, guys? It's been a minute. <laughs> Randy, did you reshave your head? It looks extra shaved today. I did, yeah. I've uh, I've been going. So I used to do the one, but I've gone down to the one half uh, razor guard recently. And I did that, one and one, uh, one and ago. one half, or one half, just one half. Oh, point five. Oh, hey, that's uh, that's gotten it close. What's going on? You feeling extra Edward Nortony these days? Uh, you know, I got back from, uh, Boise, Idaho, where it was cold and I wore a beanie all the time. And then I got back to Atlanta where it's warming up and getting hot. And I said, you know what? It's time to, uh, shave the dome again. We're going, uh, we're going, getting, getting a fresh start. Yeah. You know what, Russell, you know what I heard out of that? He went to Boise and got nationalized. That's what I heard. (laughs) That's what I've known for a long time. (laughs) Well, we got a couple of good boys on our hands now, don't we? (laughs) Love taking a break and returning with this kind of discourse <laughs> immediately. And also joining us, bringing us home is Oksana Valerieva Osachi. Hello, Oksana. Hello. I-, I was wondering what the one half is one half of. What measurement is that? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, yeah, uh, millimeter maybe centimeter. It ain't no half a millimeter. <laughs> It's pretty close to the dome. I don't know what the what the half refers to. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. I just wanted to be opinionated because that is what a host of a program is supposed to be, even if they're wrong. Right, Russell John? Always. Thank as, you so As much. you all get so happy whenever you can point out when I'm wrong. <laughs> well, we have a lot of practice. <laughs> you get mad if we don't. It's true. I, I want to be held to a high standard. Okay. All right, I have uh, a important, uh, uh, important update. It's pre-show. We're good. I'm not missing any. WrestleMania. Now, Randy, what do you think about me jumping back into uh, being a fan of professional wrestling? Uh, yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, personally, I've never watched wrestling. I've uh, never been a fan besides the film uh, Ready to Rumble featuring Diamond Dallas Page. But uh, yeah, you know, you, hobbies are good. I love how that's the only wrestler you pulled out out of Ready to Rumble. That's the only one I know. Good, good. <laughs> really? Film. I want you Hulk off Hogan. the top of your head. Name me uh, Stone Cold seven Steve wrestlers. All right, we got <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin. Who else? I need seven. A Hulk Hogan, Diamond Dallas Page. There's three. Gotcha. Uh, there's probably some AEW guys that I know the names of because they've been on podcasts uh, in the comedy adjacent world, but I forget their names. Uh, I, Cabana. Yep. All right. That was the one I was going to say. I think that's, I think I'm tapped out. At four, You can only name four wrestlers. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Kind of cool. 
The Undertaker. Sure, yeah, that's one. The Iron Sheik. Sure, yeah. Uh, how Andre about this, the Giant? Randy? Was he a wrestler? Yes, he was. Uh, nice. What about Got that? Andy Kaufman? I would have accepted Andy Kaufman. <laughs> okay. He's well, in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. With that. He's in Wrestling Hall of Fame. Oh, shit. Yeah. He did a lot of great, great stuff for wrestling. I'll okay. have to brush up on my wrestling knowledge. But yeah, dude, uh, Russell, I think you said this off microphone, but uh, yeah, WrestleMania is two days. It's too much. It's a lot. Yeah. Because it's two days of like <laughs> five hours. So if you buy a ticket to attend. I have, I have no idea. Okay. I thought you were back in it. I have, I, I, well, I don't, I mean, I don't look at ticket prices. Oh, do you know what I do? You showed me three As, listing for homes. <laughs> yeah. I look at homes. I don't tickets. I, because that, I, yeah, I don't. I can fantasize about homes. I don't want, yeah, it's not, but I don't want to go to something. <laughs> okay. Fair. Yeah. I, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> well, except for I was going to go to Formula One in Las Vegas this year. Oh, but you're not now. Do you know why? Uh, you thought about it? General Expensive. admission, general admission, grandstand tickets. Do you want to take an idea of how much one ticket, <sighs> no general idea. admission, and now, 1, wait, does a ticket get you a seat or are you standing on a, the strip of Vegas or something? It was general admission, so inconclusive. Okay, so it's probably standing ground. I believe, I believe in this case, I think I, I think I may have had a seat. Oh, okay. If you got a seat, I'm going to go. I, should, I don't know if I chose one. It may have been standing. I'm I'm worried again. Price is right, and I know I know this social exchange. Uh, now I will give you one hint. I will say that I was prepared for a big number. Yeah, that's big all I number. Say. I'm thinking in four, my head, four digits probably right. So let's say fifteen hundred. Russell says fifteen hundred. Randy, Michael, you say. I said a thousand a second ago. I was gonna yeah. go with fifteen hundred after that, but then Russell already said it. You know but what? I, I take it back. I'm gonna go down. That's like a Beyonce ticket, fifteen hundred. And we're talking fucking well, Formula One, the first time ever. First time ever in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, uh, let's go eight. You said, what? Eight hundred. Eight hundred says Russell. John I'm going down. And Randy, are you sticking with one thousand? You going up to fifteen? I'm. I'm taking the fifteen. Randy takes the fifteen. Oksana. I think. Twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Two thousand dollars. Wow. <laughs> Did they and, sell out? And I said, fuck you. Because <laughs> I was a part of the pre-sale. Because I was in early. I was ready to go. Two grand. No thank you. That's fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> so, so WrestleMania tickets, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue how much that would be. Um, but I'll tell you, Saturday was great. Had a dude, it kicked ass. It was fun. All right. We'll see you next week. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been battling sinus. I feel better. But yesterday, Randy didn't take any of my sinus medication and boy, it came back with a vengeance and long story short, daddy slept for 12 hours. Hell yeah. Yeah. That was TJ Miller saying, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I apologize. I think, um, you know, as we wrapped the Unnamed Footage Festival 6th edition, uh, there was a Festidi. That's the thing I'm coining now. Oh, oh, oh I like it. I had a stuffy nose, I think, on Friday that evolved into me almost losing my voice completely. And then you gave it to your friend Clark. 
And then I was hugging and licking everybody all the time. And I don't regret any of it. A lot more licks this year than normal. What's that about? I just, I was the baby, the, <laughs> the baby love in your heart. You're just licking everything. Now. I was uh, feeling the love. I just wanted to share it with everybody. Yeah. On acid. That's Not, what you do. When nothing's you're on more LSD. intimate than saliva. So I, I agree. Click, click, boom. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you know, we we did wrap it up and I want to thank everybody that came out. This was our our biggest year. Um the ATA was in, was incredible. We had people sitting on the fucking steps to the projection booth. And uh I don't know. It it went by really quick and we we showed the most I'll tell you this though. Friday, we did a half day. And normally on Friday we would show one movie. And the idea was just to be in a different theater. Like last year, we did it at the uh, Roxy and we showed bass. This year, we did it at the Balboa because we weren't going to be there the whole weekend. Man, two movies in, I was like, this was a fucking mistake because it felt like a full goddamn day. And I'm like, we haven't even gotten into a full day. But it was fun. And you know what? This year, it kind of rolled on easier. We, We had a lot of support. Um. So, yeah, I just briefly wanted to say thank you to everybody who uh, helped on the team. You know who you are, Sam, Charlie, Madeline. And then all of you who flew out. We had a lot of filmmakers. We're, um, we're clearly becoming the home for found footage people. We had Evan Jordan come out from Void Video. He flew out. He also does the Footage Fiends magazine. They were selling it there, too. Man, um, you were a lot of help, Evan, if you're listening out there. Uh, again, the TBR zone, Thomas Burke came out. He, uh, I was very upset. He actually slept here. I don't, did you, did you see either of them, Clark? No, I, I saw Tom get out of his cab when he came here. You did. You ran into Tom. Yeah. Evan was butthurt that he didn't see you. And I was like, well, you got to wait outside his door. For what is it? You got to work. <laughs> you got to work to get to my level. You got to leave cookies and milk out like Santa Claus. That's right. Um, Thomas did see you though. And then the next morning I did not see him. As he left at the fucking crack of dawn, he could not get out of here quick enough. Uh, Tom hung out the whole time, though, and he played bartender at the ATA, too. So if you came out there and somebody made you a drink, the, man's, was, uh, the man is Burke. versatile. Yeah, he's he's out there. He acts. He edits. He directs. He bartends. Um, He keeps. He backs. Again, other filmmakers, Robbie Banfinch flew out. Dutch Merrick flew out. Fucking Aaron Irons from Chest. Yeah. That dude, he's uh, clear proof that um, if if you're a found footage fan and you're you're looking for like minds, you got to come to the Bay Area now. Um, also, thanks to the Scarred for Life podcast people, Mary Beth and Terry, Terry, who uh, you know, he's been kind of uh, bullied into the community of found footage horror. I think he had a good time. It's inconclusive, but every time I harassed him, what's a found footage bully like? <laughs> you're looking at one right now. <laughs> that, um, all right, <laughs> you knew the answer. I walked to right that. into that one. Yeah, but goddamn, man. Um, again, I couldn't find my hat. I was panicking as Clark started the show. Your MAGA hat? My uh, no, that's um in the closet. The oh, actually, it may be coming out now for the new of uh, the closet for the new protest on the jail. Oh, he got arrested, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, good. Let's warm up the gallows. <laughs> Is that what you do with the gallows? You warm them up. I I I love that imagery. <laughs> you oil up you, you the leather. <laughs> So I just, just, you know, just caressing a rope. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's nice. I mean, I'll tell you, it's been really cool. I'm going to do that later tonight. <laughs> Caress the rope. 
Um, it, you can take that a number of different dude, ways. Dude, there's a lot. I mean, before we started recording, you told me about a hurricane that hit Mississippi. Okay. Tornado. Tur- <laughs> That's how out of the loop I've been. Dog, it's April. There are no fucking <laughs> hurricanes Well, it's, April. it's fucking earthquake season out here because after the fest, we had three. So Did y'all feel the little baby one the other day? The, the epicenter was uh, two miles away. It was yeah, tight. It's yeah. very close. It woke me up. That's how light of a sleeper I am now. I think also something fell off the shelf. Really? Mm-hmm. It woke me up too. It was in Pacifica. D- did you feel like the aftershock for mm-hmm. like 30 seconds? It felt like the phone, the whole, the whole house was on vibrate. No, I only felt it for like two seconds maybe. And that was the, because I woke up thinking I had imagined it. And then the aftershock was the confirmation. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Uh, whenever I try to relax, <laughs> which is rare, sometimes I'll lay down and when I get into deep thought, I always feel like there's an earthquake. I've got some shit I got to deal with, clearly. I feel like I'm in like repulsion or a new nightmare, like the world's unraveling around me when I slow down, which was great because this week has been insane. So much shit going on, like family wise and then like film fest wise. It's, uh, dude, I haven't had any time to pay attention to anything. So arrest all the presidents. I'm not watching. Um, but I couldn't find my beanie that I'm wearing right now. Yeah. Which it's a new one. You see? The four star theater. Given to me by the owner. As uh, Adam popped in during the fest and he was like, hey man, it's going good. And I just had to tell him, uh, the four star theater, the newly remodeled, it's fantastic, man. It's so beautiful. It might be one of my, it might be my favorite out here now. It's got the, like, the neighborhood vibe. Over the Kabuki? Over the, dude. Hey, the Kabuki had the D&D. Am I right? that They had the D&D popcorn buckets at the Kabuki. I think so, yeah. I think they did. it's an AMC. It's the first time in five years I've thought about going there. That's how much I love the fucking kabuki. I have not I have not been in since uh they remodeled. Dude, the kabuki was tight for a minute. It was the first one you could get a drink at. But then they made you sit in the balcony. It's like, oh, if you want to bring a beer in, you gotta go up there. Yeah. Weird. Who knew that the that whole thing would change completely? It's a weird layout. Yeah, I don't like it. It's it's got a weird vibe to it's it. Like, too. Well, again, I haven't been in there since they remodeled, but dude, before Randy, you remember when it was a landmark? It was like Labyrinthian back there. Yeah. Yeah, I think I saw a uh, tree of life there when it was a landmark. Dude. And then we see uh, that movie about the uh, news reporter that shot herself. Oh, yeah. I think we saw Christine there. Yeah. Yeah. Last time I went there, it was for the only screening in the Bay Area of the Sacrament. Oh. And I remember being so fucking pumped. Was it AMC or was that a big landmark? I'm pretty sure it was landmark. Yeah. Yeah. And we rolled up there. And it was like the only screening we got one. It's found footage. It was fucking um, Ty West. Like it was just a big moment. We get there. They didn't even have a poster. They had a piece of paper printed out that said the sacrament and they taped it to the door. And I was just like, oh, fuck you. (laughs) Like, and it was one of those things where you get in there and you're looking around and you see like other people who do event coordinating and um, horror hosting and shit out here. And you're like, this is, this could have been a thing. And y'all dropped the ball. And it's kind of like lingered with me. Uh, the four star though, uh, Randy. Last time we went there to see the void, we I, yeah. I've been telling everybody this the whole weekend at the festival. We were just kind of roasting it. We're like, this is what it would look like if the Little Roxy were like, I don't know, broke or like mm-hmm. kind of illegally operating. Yeah, it's like the burnt ramen of, of movie theaters, <laughs> and uh, it's gone. It, they completely gutted it. It it's kind of like a nice cafe theater area now, or 
cafe gallery area. And the main theater, dude, the projection is beautiful. The room feels comfy. It's not a rectangle. It's mm-hmm. a square. It feels proper. It feels like a big screen. Circle goes for square. That's the thing I've been thinking a lot about, though, lately. Because at the Roxy or at the Balboa, when you have that deep rectangle, if you're towards the back, the big screen starts to feel like a TV screen. Yeah. And you're not in the surround. Man, here's the four my, stars beautiful. Here's my question. Is it haunted? I don't know. Well, Balboa is haunted, so... I mean, there's there's always an opportunity. That is true. <laughs> Kill somebody in there. Yep. Boom, you got a ghost. It's not haunted now, but who knows what the future may bring. <gasps> of course! It, I'm sorry. I just uh, I just had a revelation. It has been so long since we've like talked, um, you know, because we had our, our pre-uff show uh-huh. and, uh, you know, and uh, we didn't have a show last week. Um, and so it's been like two, three weeks since we've been able to talk about movies. So I've seen some so. things. So I've seen a lot, but I just forget. So now I'm going to sub out one movie I said I was okay. going to talk about with another movie I just thought of because it's more appropriate. Because you've Thank seen... You. Also, I think Randy may have saw it. Randy, oh, are you going to see it? Hell yeah. Or maybe he's talking about I it. I like today. how you're... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're referring to. Okay. Oh, exciting. I are think... you talking about Air featuring Ben Affleck and Matt Damon? No, but I wa- almost watched it last night, but I didn't because oh I fell asleep God. at seven. <laughs> so yeah. another thing that happened over the weekend... Did you um, watch it? <laughs> no, not yet. Okay. Shout out to our good friend and Overlook Theater compatriot, uh, Terrell Trotty who appeared on the Peaches Christ podcast in front of a packed house at the Roxy. Hell yeah. Uh, also, dude, thank you, Peaches. She gave us one of the kindest, like, plugs. Randy, I know I haven't talked to you yet, but she introed Terrell as a, uh, you know, one of the Overlook creators, which he really is. He's been there since practically the beginning. And he's honestly wrote more than me and Oksana. He kept that Blu-ray Tuesday alive for fucking years, way after I stopped writing it. But Peaches was just like, if you're a horror fan, and if you live in the Bay Area especially, you need to pay attention to the Overlook Theater. And mm. I was like, oh, no. Like, I almost kind of sunk in my seat. Yeah. I was like, it's so comfortable when people don't pay attention. Because you could, you know, open up a show talking about putting Trump in the gallows. And you don't have to worry about right. anybody hearing it. But here's the thing. A lot of people know about Trump to the gallows, dude. Dude, it's going to be the name of my new album. Yeah. Me and Randy are collaborating. He's practicing lead guitar as we speak. I was joking, but now I do kind of want to touch on um, if you made it out to Tontine or Safeward, uh, thank you. Tontine, uh, we appreciate you, Reddit community, as the survivor community turned out. And one of the highlights of the fest for me, there's a little group of people. They clearly were not like horror fans. A group, a little group of people or a group of little like, people? They're five. They were uh, average height. Okay, thank you. They so looked much. like regular people. Okay. Clearly. Or, or, or they could have been my relatives. That's why I had to ask. I get regular people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. No, they um, clearly, you know, they're not the type that would move in a pack into fucking a found footage film fest, okay. especially one that was so heavily horror this year. Ooh, HH. But Terrell also sniffed it out. And went, hey, y'all. Oh, y'all are cute. Uh, and then he was just like, he heard him talking about Reddit. And he was like, oh, the Reddit group. You should see how quickly their faces turned. Um, <laughs> the regular people who met via Reddit do not like being referred to as the Reddit group. Probably that. Yeah, probably that. Because, you know, Jan 6. Yeah, there's a little <laughs> bit of a stigma when you meet on a forum. But, uh, hey, y'all turned out in droves. It's the biggest. Uh, like they did on January 6th. <laughs> 
you know, we we had a call to I'm rally sorry, and y'all made it. Y'all attended the Survivor um uh discovery. Uh man, it was it was something to behold. And then the people who stayed for Safe Word, the uh, Koji Shirashi faux documentary about a pro wrestler turned idol who uh, discovers her true nature in the S&M community. Ooh. Those were the motherfuckers. Dude, we were running late. You would have hated it. Imagine that. I know. No, no, no. I wouldn't have hated it because it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> Thank you so much. We were running a little late. And uh, people, dude, I, fuck, when did that movie end? It was a little bit after one. It had to be. But yeah, it's probably like one thirty. Man, what a fucking fantastic film! And if you didn't see it there, I don't know if you're going to catch it in a theater. But uh, also, we followed it up with some um, trivia, some deep Koji trivia that uh, oh, our buddy uh, Sam threw out there. And I thought the first question, I'm like, nobody's going to get this immediately. Um, a friend, yeah. What? Well, we met him there, but uh, he won a gift card to Good Vibrations some spray-on lube, and a pink vibrator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you to Good Vibrations. Also, thank you to Diabolique. We had a lot of uh, Black Mansion. Like, dude, good sponsors this year. Anyway, I'm done talking about it. Uh, And Peaches Christ, love y'all. I think I was building to a, we should really try and be more welcoming to random and new guests coming on the show and maybe shouldn't dive deep into weird conversations about Reddit people. But I am guilty beyond um, um, sin. Or why don't you just not give a fuck what other people think? It just don't you want to do. How about that? <laughs> Yay! Yeah, I don't know. Live your, be, li, hey, live your best life, fam. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what? We're back. It's Sunday, April 2nd. WrestleMania Part 2. WrestleMania Part 2. And Clark's going to talk about a haunting. Am I? I don't know. <laughs> Wasn't that the thing you were trying to talk to Randy about? We both saw a thing. We were coming out of the four star, uh, potentially becoming haunted. I thought you were going to say you saw a ghost. I didn't see no ghost. I ain't, fr- <laughs> let me fr- let me- I ain't afraid of one either. Uh, I will fuck a ghost. <laughs> no, you up, wouldn't. Dude. Not even. You'd be a- terrified. Absolutely. Again, you don't know me at all. I was born in death. Okay. <laughs> I was raised by an undertaker. You understand? Mm-hmm. I lived in a funeral home. <laughs> I get it. Death is me and I am he. Yeah. So we, and we are death. I'm the reaper. <laughs> okay, Randy. Yes, sir. How was your week in Atlanta, Georgia? Your home of many years now. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been good. I've been, uh, also very tired as well from, uh, <laughs> vacation slash, uh, week in California and then a weekend, uh, or, and then a week, uh, in Boise for tree fort. How but, was the tree uh, fort? The festival? It was good. It was very cold. Uh, my, uh, sister's boyfriend who lives in Boise and has been like every year said this is probably one of the coldest years. Uh, it, it did snow during a couple bands, Oh, uh, for like maybe 15, 20 minutes. Uh, on like what, the main stage area. How was that? Was that romantic? Did it seem like a nice Hallmark movie? It was kind of cool, but it was also very cold. No pun intended uh, when I said cool earlier. The oh. Cold is greater than or equal to cool? See. Dude, it was snowing? Does that make it hard yeah. to climb out of the tree if there's like fresh snow? Does it also make this drum sound slippery. different? <laughs> it's a little slippery. Yeah, it uh, it tightens the drum heads a little bit, the cold and the the snow and everything, so... A little Ooh, more tension. 
What if it was hailing? What if it hit the symbols? How cool would that be? The sages had pretty good coverage, but yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> oh, okay. I'd be more interested in people getting just pelted with hail <laughs> and still playing. Well, yeah, good. We'll see you good. next week. <laughs> <laughs> good week. Glad to be back. Like I said, it's warm here. Uh, I had a little bit of thunderstorms, but uh, glad to uh, be back at at my house and not talk to anybody. Oh, did you get to see Margot Price at Tree Fort? I didn't. I forget. I was seeing somebody else while she was playing, but I, I forget who. I, I may have been Film School, the band. All right, you failed. All right, continue. Uh, yeah, I haven't uh, watched it. Watched a ton of movies. I did get to watch. <laughs> Finally, a movie that we received a screener for that we never watched. I can cut this out if we need to. Uh, <laughs> no, dude. We yeah, like you're definitely not now. That's true. Uh, I watched the new movie by a, uh, a person who used to go by Mr. Oizo uh, and played music, but he goes by Quentin Depew. Talked about him here many times. Uh, the guy who directed Rubber uh, about a tire that goes on a killing spree. Uh, so he's, yeah, he's known for very deadpan, kind of like high concept, weird, absurdist, kind of surreal comedies. And his new one is called uh, Smoking Causes Coughing. And uh, the, the premise from IMDb says a, a group of vigilantes called the Tobacco Forces is falling apart. To rebuild, to rebuild team spirit, the leader suggests that they meet for a week-long retreat before returning to save the world. Uh, so essentially the movie begins with a uh, family in a car, like on a, on a road trip and the son says that he has to pee. So they pull over to the side of the road and uh, he notices like in this valley, he sees some like superheroes that look like uh, power Rangers or some like old sort of like um, Godzilla type of thing. They're fighting like this, like big, like tortoise that looks like something out of like Ninja Turtles or Power Rangers, or something like that, like very just kind of like weird, sort of like zany uh, looking thing. And there's these five fighters. They're each a uh, a chemical that makes uh, a cigarette. So there's like nicotine is a character's name and like menthol or whatever. There's like, they all have like, and they all come together sort of like a Voltron to kill the uh, tortoise. Uh, they give it cancers and then it explodes and like blood goes everywhere and uh, kind of drenches them and the family. And then um, during this fight, one of them is kind of like, his powers seem weak. Uh, so that's why they uh, they have to go to this retreat. And they get sent to this retreat by a uh, figure who is a puppet, uh, is played by like a puppet rat, and his like mouth is like oozing like green liquid. Very weird, very uh, goofy. And uh, yeah, they get sent to this retreat. Um, and they kind of just hang out and then they start telling some stories and like um, each of the stories kind of like gets um, interrupted by someone else or like some weird other thing happens. A fish tells a story at one point. Uh, (laughs) There's a part with a wood chipper that's very funny. Uh, Like I said, it's all very dry and very deadpan. Um, But if if you watch the trailer, it looks like it's going to be like a Quentin Depew, like literally like a Power Rangers movie or like a uh, superhero movie or something. Um, there's not a ton of that. That's kind of like the opening uh, scene. But um, yeah, I like I said, I've really enjoyed a lot of Quentin DePew's films. They're all very short as well, usually like under 90. And they're just, I like the the dry, deadpan humor. 
Uh, it's very up my alley. Um, this one was very good too. Might be like one of my favorites uh, since Deerskin. So yeah, highly recommend. Deadpan Alley. Now you Hell mentioned yeah. puppet, and then you kind of yada 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 over the puppet details. Are we talking yeah. Sesame Street hand up the cylindrical butt kind of puppet? Or are we doing like yeah. Team America, like marionette kind of thing? Happy Time Murders, my favorite. It it's like a it's like a hand up the uh, the butt type of puppet. Um, it's very Glorified there's like sock a lot of puppet. Yeah, it, it's you very goofy looking, but it's very goofy looking. But yeah, a lot of practical stuff. There is a uh, robot character. Um, so there's like a really like realistic, cool looking like droid uh, that essentially drives them to the retreat. And then once they get to the retreat, they're uh, it's kind of like on water, like near a lake or something. And the robot goes uh, onto like like the little dock and then just kills himself and goes into the water. And then they're like, oh, yeah, the robot was set to destroy itself after he brings you there. We'll bring you a new one tomorrow or something. Like that. So a lot <laughs> of just like really goofy uh, stuff like that happens, and uh, very, very uh, amused by it. I, I really enjoyed it. Goddamn. You know, my computer is really struggling today, and it took me yeah. forever to open up IMDb. But you weren't wrong, dude. It straight up looks like a Super Sentai type thing going on here, yeah. like a Power Rangers yeah. team. I thought There's you were probably just being... a much less uh, American slash white way to describe it than Power Rangers. It's probably like kind of like old Japanese uh, type of stuff, like kaiju or something too, maybe. Uh, I know be. kaiju. Yeah, it's... Well, they're, it's kind of in Well, like there. those type oh, of Oh, so genres. you're saying it's kaiju-ish. <laughs> uh, definitely <laughs> not. Yeah, no, Super Sentai is usually the, like, vernacular used to describe that, like, people wear... I mean, you know, I... God damn, now I want to watch it. We had a screener for this? <laughs> yeah. We talked about it. I, I know actually, we did. I, uh, I I volunteered not to watch it until you guys did because I don't know the rules with screener sometimes. Oh, dude, the turtle guy looks sick. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, we'll do cool. better, Randy. We'll do better. Uh, it's it's a good. now that we've had a week off, <laughs> we've really looked at ourselves in the mirror and we figured <laughs> out exactly what was wrong with this show, and we need we need just more Trump to the gallows talk right up top. <laughs> We're making big changes, Randy, and I promise we're going to start watching movies. And French superheroes is going to do Fuck it. Fuck yeah. French <laughs> superheroes portraying Japanese art. That's exactly what we want. Yeah. Hell yeah. Then, it is on, uh, it's on VOD to rent. I think it was a $6 rent one. You could buy it too. Uh, I think it's like, I don't know, 12, 15 bucks to buy it. Randy, you down with VOD? Yeah, you know me. Uh, yeah, you know me. I beat him. Sorry. No, it's... It, <laughs> Respect the bit. I was possessed, dude. I threw him the alley-oop. He dunks it. I throw you alley-oops and you dunk it. No, I'm thirsty. Would you let the point guard distribute the way he's supposed (laughs) to distribute? No, I don't want sports. Oh, my God. Me neither. I'm going to cut your mic. Randy, how many stars? So, I was four, sounds like. Nope. It's a three and a half. Oh, damn it. No, he was four. (laughs) He hit that tone of like, when he says, I really, you know it's four. Sometimes he'll, he'll... Sometimes you can tell. You can't tell. Joe Barry. I'm, I'm tricky over here. <laughs> well, he won't even bring up a movie if it's like a three. Like very rarely he will. Two and a half under? Nope. He won't that even mention true. it. That's true. I will not bring up the movie Inside featuring Willem Dafoe that I watched this week. Oh, oh come on. That's man. the one we want to hear about. 
Now, Randy, did Abel Ferrara had nothing to do with this uh, Willem <laughs> Dafoe production? He didn't, although I haven't super loved a lot of the recent Abel Ferrara films. Uh, I, I enjoyed the ones. Stink. No, they're uh, Tommaso is really good. Uh, Tomato, I really Tommaso, enjoy that you one. Know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not, not a big fan of Inside. Uh, I felt like I wanted to be outside while watching it. <laughs> is that a joke? Oh, burn, dude. Oh, man. Did you write that one or did this just come up <laughs> organically? Just came up. Oh, all right. You're forgiven. So, besides, yeah, any, any sort of premeditated. Of about, yeah. So, instead of uh, talking shit about a movie, uh, have you guys seen this TV show on Amazon called Swarm? Yeah. No. Um, Randy, you must be behind on Blu ray Tuesday because he went into oh, it. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. What Terrell think? Um, well, apparently there's a lot of crossover with the uh, fandom of Beyonce's. Yeah, and it's basically like a satire of that kind of. Dude, I love I love the Terrell Randy take because y'all could be funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, break it down. Uh, yeah, so Swarm is a uh, another Donald Glover uh, production. Uh, he directs one episode, I think. And uh, Janine Neighbors uh, is one of the other producers uh, slash writers, I believe. And uh, it's essentially about this character who, uh, her name is Dre. She's, I don't know, like early 20s maybe. Um, and she's obsessed with this pop star um, whose name is Nija. It took me a minute to remember. And they basically like, it's very heavily implied that it is like commenting on Beyonce and sort of like, the fandom of Beyonce and like the, you know, whatever the, her fans call, call, uh, themselves. Um, I think there's a very similar, uh, they call themselves in the show. They call themselves the swarm, uh, instead of the Bay hive, uh, which is for Beyonce fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but the essentially, uh, mm-hmm. very yeah. creative. My favorite hairdo, but it, oh, interesting choice. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, getting back to Swarm after, uh, you know, this little uh, technical difficulty, uh, I'll say things that, well, I'll go back into the plot a little bit. Essentially, the main character uh, becomes a serial killer for people that uh, don't like the artist that she's obsessed with. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of gruesome. At times, there's some good gore. There's some stuff that definitely feels horror adjacent. I wouldn't say it's like a horror show necessarily. Um, but you know, there's some, some, some of it there. Um, I really like the, uh, cinematography, the, I believe it was shot all on, well, mostly on film. There's a lot of like digital insert stuff, um, like in the editing, but most of the show is shot. Uh, it looks like 16 millimeter to me. And, uh, the cinematographer drew Daniels who did waves, uh, and red rocket and it comes at night shot it. Um, so the whole okay. show like looks really good. There's a lot of like interesting shots. It does like, um, I don't know if you remember the early shot of waves where they're in the car and it does that like 360 shot. It's yeah. like kind of like, uh, disorienting. There's like one or two of those in here. That's really cool to like see. And it kind of like, I didn't look who the cinematographer was until like episode three. And I was like, Oh, okay. This makes sense. Like it looks, it looks really good. Um, and some of those camera movements definitely like, it's like, this looks familiar. Um, so yeah, that, that stuff's really good. Um, I don't know if it like dives super deep into like toxic fandom or whatever. It's kind of just like 
becomes like, I don't know, this girl kind of like on a, uh, sort of like a road trip, sort of like goes to different parts of the country and then, uh, you know, kills some people. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I didn't like love it for the most part, but I don't know. I think for, for what it's doing, it's like, like I said, it's shot really well and the main actress is really good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would give it a shot if you like, I don't know, are out by like episode two, maybe don't, uh, continue, but I don't know. I think it's worth a watch. There is, it doesn't, so, uh, with Donald Glover involved, it's not as, uh, tangenty as like later seasons of Atlanta. There is one episode that is like a mockumentary, um, or it's like a documentary, like in the world of the show, it's like a real documentary, but you know, as we're watching it, it's like a, a faux doc. Um, so that was kind of interesting. You know, uh, Atlanta does kind of like sort of standalone or sort of like these weird episodes that like don't really have any of the characters in it. Teddy Perkins. Uh, occasionally. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's only one of those here. I think there's seven episodes. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was cool. Randy, I have a follow-up question. How many episodes do we have in the series? I think seven. Oh, my lucky number. I'm still not going to watch yeah. it. Yeah. Relatively short. All right, uh, Randy, uh, this is a special television version of this question. How many stars? Uh, it is on Letterboxd, and I did give it 3.5. Yeah. Russ, did you yeah. get 3.5s out of his review? Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. I, um, That's your tale, dude. As the middleman between Randy and Terrell, this was what pretty a world, interesting. What a space. That's a pretty good... Um, uh, it's a pretty good barometer there for good art, and I think it sounds like the show's the winner. So I will now formally request that you watch it, Clark. Oh. <laughs> Are we doing that again? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, it's just funny because Terrell's the type of dude who, you know, will hang out and will watch Drag Race and he'll be really into a, a particular queen. And then she'll be like, he hates it when people compare themselves to Beyonce. He gets like verbal disgust. To be. Dude, he'll go like, oh, don't do that. Like he gets like, he's a, uh, a fan. Yeah. So I imagine well, he's a gay black man. Well, here's the thing. This makes sense. I th- no, of course I got it, nothing to do with Beyonce. Of course it checks out, but I'm saying making a show about that also checks out. Like there's, it's really ripe for a horror. Look, I love subcultures. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, uh, it's prime picking grounds for entertainment. So he, he's gotten a lot better, but back in the day, Oxon, what would he do? He would be like, don't do that. Oh, I liked her too. Like it would almost be like <laughs> now he doesn't like a person because they dared to compare themselves to God. Yeah, it lowers his opinion <clears throat> of them for sure. If I may, my hesitation does not lie within the um uh the idea of the show at all. Mm-hmm. My hesitation lies within uh the 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 home of the show where it lies. Prime Amazon. Why don't you love the boys? I do. The boys is the exception <laughs> because the rest of the programming that I watch on Amazon Prime stinks to high heaven. That's because you watch cool their guy original, drama shit. Their original programming yeah. is no bueno. There is a show starring Christoph Waltz. It's called The Consultant. All right, I've already fallen asleep. <laughs> Mama Mia. What a mess. I could have told you that just from the name and the casting. I'm like, I'm in bed already. You need they to watch. Good, uh, they what? had some good original movies. They did uh, Manchester by the Sea. I'm talking about. I'm good. talking about. I'm talking about. I'm Randy. talking about. I'm talking about TV shows. Randy, you're not helping either. Okay. <laughs> Great movie. No, stick to. Genre. I'm talking about long form entertainment. They can't do it. 
Yeah, the Japanese really have nailed it with manga. They put and all their anime. money in the boys. Yeah. And that uh So my next recommendation is watch anime. And that uh <laughs> Lord of the Rings thing no one watched. Oh, and people watched ha- it. Everyone it like hated a billion it. dollars. People yeah. watched it. They everyone just hated, hated it. it. Yeah. Actually, you know, I I've been on this show and I've talked about how I think the shorthand of woke is like it's um lazy and people should really understand why they don't like it. And that Lord of the Rings show actually gave me a lot of insight into why people use that like handicap of a verbiage like woke. It's when the creators come into an old IP and they have no intent of like pleasing the fandom. Like because you look at Marvel or like the movie I'm going to talk about later, Dungeon Dragons, a lot of it is just fanfare. Like they give people what they want. It's not really in the interest of good storytelling, but it's fun. And like those people, movie making is a business. Well, the people that took over Lord of the Rings, or the people that took over uh, the Daphne show, the Scooby Doo franchise, they Velma. had Velma. There How'd we you go, go Daphne? I don't know. <laughs> was, dude, I'm so sorry to all the Velma stands. <laughs> but like, they have no interest. And when you hear the creators talk about it, they they say things like, "This isn't uh, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings." Yeah, like they're coming in to just change the property. I don't know. Angry nerds. It's, uh, it it's is, always funny. It's funny because I got into a fight. Again, let me let me frame where this argument happened at a D&D table. Oh, my God. And I was making an argument that you only hear this kind of shit from fucking nerds. Yeah. I'm like, how come how come the uh, the racist fandom that rejects the new like Star Wars show? How come it's always Star Wars? How come it's never like an art house film? How come all the racists don't show up to Moonlight? You know what I mean? Like, how come everything everywhere all at once didn't get the racist wave? I'm For like, sure. no, it's production companies brand their own fans as racist when they don't appreciate all of the very different changes they've applied. Sorry, this is like a new thing I've been into, and it's really interesting. It's it's really a corporate takeover. Yeah, but it's not funny. Can you make it funny? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, you're right. It isn't funny. And right. neither is that Scooby-Doo show. I'm sorry, Velma. Oh, shots fired about something that is not in the conversation. Anymore. Well, I mean, it does get into hate watching, which is a... Yeah, but uh, it had its time. But hate watching isn't even a thing, which is proof. Well, we were just talking about this last night where something got greenlit because so many people hated it. It wasn't Velma? No, it was something different. Whatever. It uh, was the aforementioned Daphne show. Yeah, the Daphne show. <laughs> Part two. Randy, anything else? That's it. All right. I'm going to make this. I'm going to try to make this quick, boys, because it's WrestleMania day. Was it Halo? It might have been Halo. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Xbox property? Did you ever watch the Halo show? No, I didn't know they had a Halo Me show. Me either. They did. Gross. What was it on? Microsoft.com? Maybe Amazon Prime. <laughs> of course it would be. <laughs> but, you know, but maybe I just made a good argument for you. All right. I got two movies. Russell, you get to choose the order today of which I talk about oh, these movies. I can't movies. wait. Would you prefer... All right, this is um, this is a new segment that I'm calling High Budge, Low Budge. It's like Ooh. high brow, low brow, but high budge, low budge. You want the high budge or you want the low budge? Um, let's get the garbage out of the way and go high budge. That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> John Wick Chapter 4. <clears throat> Halo is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> um, here's what I have to say about John Wick 4. 
the runtime of John Wick is one hour and 41 minutes. Whoa. The runtime of John Wick 2 is two hours and two minutes. I like where we're going, trending up. The runtime of John Wick Chapter 3 is two hours and 10 minutes. 210? Okay, so are we at two and a half? John Wick Chapter 4 is two hours and 49 minutes. It is three hours long, and you feel it because it's an action movie. Mm -hmm. An action movie doesn't need to be three hours long. I disagree. The only thing (laughs) this director has ever directed are the John Wick films. Tight. I'm fine with that, too. But you know what else he does? He's a a stunts guy. I'm fine with that. One of my favorite movies of all time was directed by a stunt coordinator. How Needham, Smokey and the Bandit. But how Needham had a very low ceiling, and there, and underneath that ceiling was a specialized service. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing here. This movie is long. This movie is incredibly expensive. It's nonstop. It's not. Here's what I'll say. There's I I, I keep poking on the negatives of this. Um, there are a lot of positives here, too. Here, the, the main thing, the whole purpose of this story, everything goes back to... Now, Randy, Russell, have you seen any of the John Wick movies? I've seen one through three. Okay, you, so you... Okay. Are you going to see four? Yeah. You uh, will it, see four. Um, unfortunately, um, the crew and the uh, distribution... Of John Wick made the grave mistake of opening against stuff. So they took a big hit at the box office, but I will be returning this week to see it. Randy Michael, have you seen any of the John Wicks? In full, I think just one. Are you going to see this one? Probably, yes. Okay. But I assume that there is not a whole lot that happens in two or three that I won't understand by the time I get into four. Here's the thing, man. Um, you just kind of need to know that uh, the guy who played um, Danielson in The Wire, uh, who just recently died. He died, R.I.P. Um, I liked Lance him. Lance Hendricks? Lance Reddick. Reddick. No, I was going to say. Lance Hendricks. Yeah, Lance yeah Reddick. a little. They look similar. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> Brothers, some would say. It's easy to confuse them. Uh, the, the great Lance Riddick. Um, he plays uh, an important part. Uh, yeah, honestly, like, he and uh, the guy from Deadwood, um, Ian, what's his name? They're, and Lawrence Fishburne. They're, like, the only, like, connecting sinew, kind of. Clancy Brown's in here. Um, and we've, we've got an, a, a, some fun new characters. Uh, there's a new character. He's blind. He's the guy from Ip Man. Oh, okay. And uh, he, dude, he looks like fucking the doctor from the Hangover movies. Okay. The, the way they dress him yeah. is exactly the same. He wears those glasses. He's got a white turtleneck on the mm-hmm. whole movie. He's got a cane and he kicks ass. I'm into that. He's awesome. Also, of course, the cane is a sword. So, um, dude, is that a spoiler? No. I will say one thing that he does do that's pretty cool is uh, he carries around doorbells, electronic doorbells in his pocket. And he like hit, he puts them on random surfaces 
And uh, when people bump into him, he knows where they are. So, and then he can uh, get there by sound. Now, if he's in there, does that mean we get some uh, Wing Chun? What you mean? The the martial arts that he does. It's one of my favorite cinematic like fighting styles. Describe. A lot of hands. A lot of like. <sighs> there are a lot of. Uh, we use a lot of props here. Oh, we're going Jackie Chan style. There's there's, there's props and uh, copious gunplay. Oh yeah. Well, have you fucking have you seen the videos of Keanu training with uh, Terran Tactical? Mm-mm. Oh, dude, YouTube that when we're done here. It's uh, you want to root for him because he's so good. Yeah, you're just like, oh, I'm in. Like it's an easy way to buy into that character. Sure. And again, his character doesn't have a ton of dialogue. Given what we've known about Keanu's history with dialogue, good choice. Yeah, I like him talking. Though. I love Keanu. Yeah. But man, you look back at some of those, he's just, I think he was misused in some things. And I think he just has grown as an actor. Yeah. Um, I think he was also humble. And uh, Makes him really fun to cheer for too. For sure. I just recently watched Speed for the first time. That's a very different Keanu. Oh, okay. Now, you did, you started off a little negative. Can you give me a ranking of all the franchise? I'm not there yet. Can I, uh, I want to, I want to, okay. yeah. I, I just want to feel out I was, I was perturbed with the runtime. I'm not going to lie to you. Wait, you like a long runtime. It didn't deserve it. It's over bloated. American Honey, the only reason you went was because it was three hours this long. This is very different. American, John Wick 4 is not American Honey. I don't know. They're kind of similar. No. Also, it, here, here's the issue. Yeah. It's uh, 10 minutes under three. If you go over three. I'm interested. <laughs> two forty nine is three. You're right. Run. It's a little gun with preview with previews. If you're two forty, you're three. Yeah, three and a half. It, because you're there's at least twenty minutes of nonsense. Yeah, I give 40. the I give the bare minimum of twenty. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you go it's for 30. that uh, over three, like Babylon did, dude. Mm-hmm. Babylon. I did not make it through Babylon, even though it did open up with uh, elephant shit, and that's uh, yeah, it's always Hell fun. yeah, it rips. Um. All right, so. Randy, I would say that the, the the big thing you need to know is like the the this is a very um the John Wick universe is its own universe, okay, where there are an infinite number of assassins all over the place and they are controlled over, you know, AM radio waves uh by a bunch of steampunk tattooed girls um that are profoundly I mean, boring the aesthetic of that i don't understand it, it, i don't like it i think it's just a callback to the warriors right i don't because know because there's it, like gangs and the thing yeah so i thought so again um i have a, a friend who does a lot of our framing here shout out to mikey he is a huge john wick fan he loves action movies and he was trying to get me primed for this thing and i was struck by the first john wick is a great standalone film yeah. period but then they start expanding the universe, and I think it's a little shallow. We get so big. Of course, there's not. Yes, the good, the good's coming. Um, <laughs> so, the, Randy, the or it's called the table, and you have a place at the table. And if you're a part of the group, then you can get these giant contracts. But the thing is, is like in this world, everybody turns against everybody. And truly, even though you have friends in the business. You got to go up against them if if they pull your name, if they need you for any service. Uh, so that is what pulled uh, Ip Man against John Wick because yeah. they gave him John Wick's Donnie name. In. And I'm into it. I like that kind of storytelling. Yeah. Where it's um, basically they've created the modern world 
where, you know, that hotel, they have their own laws. And that is just a like gateway into the broader, very, very um, rule oriented universe where everybody is, you know, it's like honor among thieves. They all abide by the law. And John Wick is kind of like the anti-hero because he's going against God above the table. I don't I just didn't see this climax like living the thing up. Is like, I, I like the theme of rules in this one. Very heavy rules. Very rule. And, and that's the theme of this movie. But Man. the other theme is that John Wick's rep- he represents chaos yeah. Yeah. and disorder. But and uh, every person that comes across John Wick's re- gets hurt. Yeah, that's n- but except in part three, Halle Berry for some reason does not get any comeuppance, and it really bothered me. That's the thing. It's like I just because uh, it felt like they favored her. We're in this universe, like everybody gets fucked up. Yeah, but she. I was so confused with her dogs and how she killed that guy. I'm like, dude, you just made a like shitty move in a world full of rules. And she just walked away. She doesn't come back in four, right? No, I don't. She got unscathed. No. I don't know what was happening there. Again, but. They're, they're not interested in again. That's why there's only a, a little bit of connecting sinew there. Lawrence Fishburne's thing is the, the king of the homeless. I don't know. <laughs> That's the other thing. He like he runs the homeless uh, crime syndicate. Yeah. But also, apparently, he does in fucking France too. Because next thing you know, they're in a, a fucking million dollar boat going in the under fucking water canals of Paris, which looks awesome, by the way. Oh, rad! I would I would love to do that. Uh, I mean, you know, they go all over the place. Like they spent the the fight in the Osaka hotel. Uh, which is pretty great, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like thirty minutes. Like I know you get fatigued. This shit's so long. Yeah, and you're just tired. And there's another character. Uh, yeah. Uh, the the Mister Nobody. I did not like the Mister Nobody character. That's all I'll say. Uh, okay. I imagine we'll talk about this movie. I would like to talk about it more when you guys see it. So, um, I know we've already talked a lot about it, but. I'm glad that, you know, you guys are interested in it. The um, only, my problem with it is, again, I know on the show I've talked about, like, what makes a nerd. Like, you know, just l- liking Star Wars as, like, a movie to go see. That doesn't make you a nerd. Being a nerd is, like, trying to understand how the world's internal logic works. Yeah. And John Wick just doesn't, it doesn't feel fleshed out enough for me. It is shallow. But that's the thing is, like, they put all the work in the craft and in the yeah, stunts, which is fine and, and completely appreciated. But I would like a little bit more of a balance when it's three hours long, man. You know, the thing the the thing I really liked about three, which I think is my second favorite, having only seen three, I think I'm one, three, two. Um, I love it when you can, through storytelling, build up a hero like you think they're like badass and then you put them against another person like that. And if we get the fucking it man in here, I'm hoping that they do a good job. It reminds me of dread, like the good one, not the Stallone one. Yeah. Like, remember when uh, three judges come and they're like, who are we after? And they're like, Oh fuck. Like they all give respect to how brutal that guy is. Sure. Moments like I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah. Like those moments are like what I live for. Well, that's th- let me tell you, there's a lot of that in there. Good. I because that, that's the whole thing is like, there's respect and there's honor among thieves in a way. So that that's also a big theme here. Um, Clancy Brown shows up. He's he has a great character as the Harbinger. Cool. Um, and 
I, I do like the presentation of, of um, how they conduct themselves in this world. And everything does go back to rules and order, but I just wish they had more of that in this fucking screenplay writing. It's like, it's just the characters, they don't flesh anything out. And we've got three hours of just, uh, oh my God, the fucking staircase. All right, I have to talk about the fucking staircase. Hey, that's a Nip Man thing. This is a, this is a, this is a, this is a, we're, we're knee deep in the third act here. And I will not talk about the third act because you guys will see it. And it's a spoiler territory. But I will talk about the 299 steps that he has to go on, that he has to climb up. One shot? Well, there's like, you know, of course there's 30 guys on these steps and he has to defeat them. Then he proceeds to fall down all 300 of these goddamn steps. That takes 30 seconds. I Come on, you got to appreciate Three hours. That, Fuck that. Really? You didn't like it? Fuck this movie. It Two sounds stars. rad. 299 steps, my ass. But, okay, you brought up something interesting, too, that I want to touch on. Paris seems where, chill, though. Um, our protagonist is actually an agent of chaos in a world full of order, which intrinsically not the get smart agency. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, and I'm, I'm again when we're thinking about alignment in Dungeons and Dragons, they have like law and chaos. It's pretty arbitrary. It's really a role playing guide for players to not act out of character all the time. Yeah, and um, we talked a lot about pantheon. God, I'm I'm really in the weeds here. I understand, but. When evil is law, hope is chaos. Oh. No, it, it's Star Wars does that really well. Yeah. Where the rebel no, alliance sure. is like an element of, it's a good guy element, which is chaos. Brother, one man's ceiling is another man's floor. But, you know, if you think of like the legions of hell as like unruly demons, then rule and order is good. So I, those kind of storytelling elements I really appreciate. And I think... John Wick at first I didn't enjoy it because I normally I appreciate rules. I know you do too. Yeah. So whenever there's like an element of chaos, I'm kind of like I reject that pretty much. But yeah, no, John Wick, um, yeah, he's hope. Which is weird because the rest but of But he's not. Here's the thing. The, he's a fucking asshole. That's what I mean. And he would have been killed a long time ago. The the whole world of John Wick, the regular people, they don't even know. So it's kind of like this self-indulgent war that nobody's paying attention to. Yeah. Unless that changes in part four. There's a cool fight scene with a giant uh, fat German guy with uh, oh, man. two gold teeth. You know, I love a fat guy. A couple fat guys in here. Good. Uh, that are moving around. I was also thrilled when you showed me a little bit of WrestleMania fat guy action. Bro, that was some good fat guy action. I know. I, I love a big guy. Those those also, good. sumo wrestling is legit. If I was going to get back into a sport, I think that would be one of them. Sumo? Yeah. Have you, you ever watched it? No, but I've watched like sumo training. It's, dude, it's, it's cool. It's intense. Yeah. Those guys are solid. I, I got solid. I got stuck on like a Yokozuna highlights of like just past champions and let, it's addicting. Let me ask you something. What kind of toilets they got in Japan? They, the, they well, sit down? Um, you know, to keep it in the wrestling world, I know Andre the Giant used to frequent a bathtub. Yeah, he would shit in a tub. Yeah, and then yeah. hose it down. I imagine these dudes probably do something similar. I'd probably shit in a tub. Or they have like a giant toilet funnel. <laughs> okay, all right. So you shit in the tub, but like, fuck, I'd have the water running. I'd feel the whole time. great shame every time I went into a... <laughs> hotel tub at some time it, it becomes numb Oh, I'm, i know it becomes numb that's when it's dangerous it becomes numb because when your stomach is rum tum city baby it's you're five years into being numb to shitting in a toilet I or think, into a tub 
also, oh, I would imagine that may differ. It, it it's a tub to tub situation, you know, because uh, the splatter zone, mamma mia. Oh, I was thinking the reverse. Like, if you have too much fiber, or, or you're no, no. Be... Well, how do you do it? I, I would imagine do you get in the tub, probably, or do you, or do you, you, you squatch over? You're probably full, Randy, at this I, point. I think I, or, or you poke your little <laughs> rear out and then hope you, you log right in there. Well, you know, for new fans, uh, Randy, our engineer, who you've heard on this episode, every time he takes a poop, he takes a shower. Because he's very self-conscious about the That's human faculty. True. I wish. <laughs> Every time he uh, is done wearing a pair of underwear, he throws them away and buys a new pair. Randy takes like 15-second shits. I've only done that on tour when it like doesn't make sense to carry around dirty shit with you. <laughs> All right. John Wick 4, let's call it three stars. Come on, you can't give me a franchise order? Let me. Can I be completely honest? Yeah. I barely remember anything that happens in these things. One, the it's all shallow dies. city. Two, there's uh, the cool techno ruins battle. Also, do you know this franchise is almost 10 years old now? Three, Halle Berry doesn't get her comeuppance. Four, Ip Man. <laughs> Ip Man, I do. Or Ip, rate him. Come on. Ip Man's cool. I'm one, three, two. Uh, God. Uh, but, you know. I hated either two or three, and I don't remember. I think I didn't like two. Okay. I think so. Um, or maybe three. I, I hate to say it, but this this franchise does feel a little Matrix to me. Where I'm like, we could have won and done it. And I think it would have lived We better. just wait till Carrie Ann Moss comes in the fifth one. <laughs> because now there's a burden. You're like, if you want to revisit John Wick, it's a franchise. So you're like, you open the door. And- oh, uh, I'll end with this. Uh, there is a dog that plays a prominent part in part four. Oh, Roseanne's in so, it? So a dog is back. <laughs> What? When can she start getting roles, dude? Roseanne? Yeah. What What is a dog reference with I Roseanne? I don't know. It's female. It felt like a mean thing the to say. fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the other thing in the, uh, the low budge to the high budge is a movie called The Civil Dead from 2022. Uh, Randy, did you end up seeing this one? Not yet, no. Randy, Michael, you're supposed to see I know, I forgot about it. Randy, let me tell you something. I think America has forgotten about the civil dead or didn't even know about it because people be sleeping. Is that your new tag? Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, dude, the civil dead is great. A misanthropic, struggling photographer just wants to watch TV and eat candy while his wife is out of town. But when a desperate old pal resurfaces... His plans are thwarted with spooky consequences. That's excellent because we got <laughs> we got a ghost story on our hands. Oh dude. shit! This is an indie comedy ghost story. Now I can see Russell dying on the inside when I say those words. At least you would have seven years ago when we started this podcast. Yeah, How probably. do you feel now when I say indie comedy ghost story? Um, I think of movies like Another Evil. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like offbeat. I think, that is an that is an excellent yeah. comparison. I think this is very much in that in that world. Cool. I could I could do that now. Um, this is uh co-written by Clay Tatum and Whit Thomas, uh, directed by Clay Tatum. Uh, they both star in the movie. Um, they are the uh, they're the two leads. In the, sorry, I was reading the uh, <laughs> thing at the same time I was trying. Um, 
boy, I don't want to go. I'm I'm not gonna dive into uh the pool. you know everything here, but essentially, you know, uh Clay, who's the director of the film, he plays a he plays a photographer. And one day he decides that he wants to cut his hair. Like this is this is how this this story kind of builds. Um he thinks that everything is stale and he thinks that if he cuts his hair uh an ugly ugly Beatles era haircut mm-hmm. that he'll get more work because it's interesting. <laughs> this is this that's what that's how he thinks. Okay. So um and uh it very much falls in sort of, you know, the indie quirky territory. Uh, but this thing is super, super grounded. Um, it gets real. It talks about, you know, um, what is friendship? And uh, just, you know, staying in touch and, and you know, being honest with ourselves. And, uh, man, how this thing ends up. Absolutely loved it. Uh, this is a... a it's a it's a it's a good fresh take on a buddy comedy, and um, a, between a man and a ghost. Oh, and uh, I'll put it there. I mean, it I, that is not a big that's not a huge spoiler alert of what happens there. Cool. I won't say how we get there, um, or certainly where we leave off, but uh, that's what we're dealing with here. And uh, man, could not love this thing more. Highly encourage everyone to go see it. That's why I kind of want to. Uh, just state it for what it is, but I think this is fresh, and um, you know, I have no idea what they made this thing for, um, but you know, it's great. Yeah, I've been trying to think of like quirky comedy horror movies. The only other one I could think of was our homie um, Nicholas Santos. This he did it cuts deep. Yeah, yeah, like and another evil. Those are I can't really think of any. Now others. I want to be clear. This does not fall into the horror in, into the horror territory. We're dealing with a ghost, so it, okay. Uh, but we're we're not. Um, oh, dude, uh, I'm on the IMDb page for The Civil Dead, and it's showing a another trailer for a movie that uh, showed at the Unnamed Footage Festival uh, virtual edition. What are you gonna? You want to take a guess? And it was uh, uh one of the uh, uh 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 gentlemen that was on this very show talking about his movie. Uh, space clown. <laughs> no. <laughs> he has a very difficult name to pronounce. Oh well, then I'm not even gonna try. Cutley Arenko. Oh okay. Oh, that checks out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Weird. You know, he's never really made like a quirky comedy horror. His films just are quirky because he's an interesting director. But Dashcam. Well, um, no, he did a what? What the fuck is the name of? No, his actual like live stream driving. No, that's what I, I said. Dashcam, but I meant uh, um, spree. Yeah, there you go. That's spree. what I meant to say. Yeah. Mamma mia. No, I knew that was like it's not that one. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Also, uh, the director's name of um, the Civil Dead being Clay Tatum. Instantly, I'm just thinking Turner Clay. I don't yeah. know why I have like <laughs> dyslexia whenever it comes to Turner Clay. I always call him Clay Turner. Civil Dead is great, man. Great. Oh. Um, while at the unnamed footage festival this mm-hmm. this past weekend. Yes. I'm whispering now because only you were supposed to hear this close. Okay. I may have talked to somebody who talked to Turner Clay. <gasps> 
Bum, bum, bum. And uh, our buddy said he's going to try and convince him to do our show. Okay. First of all, first of all, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, fuck <laughs> you. That's what I want to say. Because I know it's not going to happen. Oh, so when so we, you come in no, here, no, no. you come into my house. Oh, come on. We're doing a show right now. Don't worry. You come into my house, my room, <laughs> where my wife sleeps, and my children come and play with their toys. Do not insult me like this. You're trying to get my hopes up, and then we're going to fuck it up. I know. But... He's going to listen to this show <laughs> and not want to do it. He's going he's gonna to get in contact with my secret connection. Do you think that's ever happened? He's like, dude, they're talking about hanging Trump in like five minutes. Bro. <laughs> what podcast in the Bay Area doesn't talk about hanging that's Trump true. within the first five we're, minutes? We're just trying to win, win back the locals out here. But our show, we were talking about freeing him from the ropes. <laughs> yeah. Randy with his new haircut, for sure. Uh, Randy, has, you know what goes nice on that bald head? A nice red hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Civil Dead, uh, all the stars. It's great, man. I love it. Go see it today. Five stars. How'd you find it? I had heard about it uh, through something else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a forum you don't want to mention? or We do a thing on the show that I hate, and I'm trying to eradicate it. Okay. I don't want to talk about other shows on this show. Oh, okay. So that's it. what happened. All right. In the you know it's in the it's uh it's in the comedy world. So on Tim Dillon's show, thank you. These are comedy guys. <laughs> I think Witt is from uh I think he's from like uh, Mobile, Alabama. <gasps> yeah, or maybe Gulf Shores, which would be even weirder. <laughs> it's weird to think that people live in like very touristy areas to me. Yeah, you know, like, people don't live there; they just visit. Yeah, it's like oh, dude, you live to serve. It's kind of like when you're driving on 101. And there's those little pocket dimensions that have like a, you know, a Carl's Jr. and a gas station. Mm -hmm. You're like, who's working here? The roadside. Yeah. Dude, it's so weird. I know. It's you tight. just want to know that they make a lot of money or something like they're but doing they, something really cool. But they don't. I like to think they do. No, nah, money's money's dead. dude. <laughs> That's why banks are dying, dude. No Fuck one's yeah. interested in money. It's all about attention, baby. Um, are you done? Yes. Oh, no. We uh, wait. God, we had a pre-show meeting. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's my turn. Now, I know it's the moment you all been waiting for. I should have had theme music because I know everybody's excited. I hope you're buckled up. Oh, I have theme music. You want some theme music? No, I don't. I don't. Okay. And get some theme music. If it's not appropriate, I'm going to cut your mic. No, this is a good thing. It's a warning. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that is pretty good. Okay, <laughs> I love it whenever you play because the way Clark plays music is he takes his phone and puts it on the mic. Randy always has like a very physical revulsion that, that he can't <laughs> control. Randy, you know what that's from? It sounds familiar. Is it another show that I listen to? Yes. <laughs> oh my, you fucking idiot. <laughs> so of course, I'm talking about the two hour and 14 minute movie. The start of a new fucking universe is two hours and 14 dungeons and dragons honor among thieves oh boy. now um oh boy. just a little insight uh i play dungeons has, <laughs> anyone, has anyone ever hari curried on microphone no but we can make it happen i think i'm gonna do it today all right oksana make sure you film it um Hi. 
So fuck, man. There's a lot to talk about here. Uh, let me How fortunate. You, let me give you the uh, movie synopsis according to IMDb. Let's give it. A charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic. But things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. That is a That's nothing. every story ever told. <laughs> That's a nothing, nothing. It's just nothing. Um, here, if you're not very interested in this and you want to skip ahead, I don't blame you. But let me just, I'll sum up the movie immediately. It's um, Avengers. This is a new MCU. I mean, honestly, we could call it the WCU for Wizards of the Coast universe. Okay, so you say it's a new MCU, but what is the source material? Um, it, uh, literally take Avengers and swap out the lore from comic books and superheroes to Dungeon Dragons. So it all comes from flavor text from, um, all right, no, this Wait, is more in the weeds than I even know. No, that's fine. I, I knew, I knew what I was going with that question. Yeah. So again, <laughs> here, let's start from the beginning. Dungeon Dragons is an expansion on board games. So like, if you ever wanted to play Monopoly, but you're like, I feel like we could expand these rules and we could do more. That's what D and D is. It's a, um, co-collaborative board game where you show up and you make a character and one person kind of controls all of the setting and then everybody has input via their character. But let me be, let me, let me ask another question. Um, let's say group a plays a different version of D and D than group yeah. B. So group a, it could be like English and Portuguese. Yeah. They got no idea. Here's, the easy thing is that um, what ties the culture together is the books. So um, it used to be TSR. They would put out Dungeon Dragons books. Not and, TBR. No, not TBR. TSR. Ooh. And they would put it out and you would buy the 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 main rule book. Then they would have like a, an expansion and then they would do things called modules, which oh. were a pre-designed adventure. So like if you want to come in, it's a good, um, it's a good way to take the like, to have an example of how people play the game. Like if you're brand new, but also it came with a pre-written material. So a lot of the times they would have campaign settings like Faerun or, you know, uh, uh, the dark sun, and they would kind of give you everything you need along with like pre-generated characters, locations. And this is where the lore comes from. And Oh boy, do we get a lot of it dropped in this film? Some of it very casually too, which, like, like I mentioned earlier, these kind of like context films, it's all fan service, right? Yeah. Like in nerdum, and I'd never, I don't think I've ever been on the ground floor. Again, this is not the first D and D movie, sure, but this is the first one that got it right, where they they paid attention to the fact that it's a a tabletop game. They respected that culture. But they also understood what these kind of fans would want to see, which is a Marvel movie. So imagine Guardians of the Galaxy, just D&D generic people. I, I will say this. A lot of the superhero movies that get made are based on popular characters, right? Mm -hmm. So like Spider-Man is tried and true. Sure. These characters are original. I could be wrong because I don't play 5e. I don't play 5th edition. And I don't, but the people that I played uh, Adventure of Conqueror King with, they do pay attention to this. And they were telling me they're all original. Not one of these characters is good. They're poorly written. They are boring. I came in, I got a lot of flack from Terrell because when I was in high school, I used to have a crush on Michelle Rodriguez. He loves to hold that over my head. He's like, that bitch look like a man. 
And uh, oh my God, Michelle, I, and I know you listen to the show and you know me. What's up, girl? I used to cut your pictures out of magazines. I taped them on the wall. And you jizzle? And you know what? Could you have at least tried in this fucking movie? Damn. Oh my God, dude. Damn. She didn't give a fuck. She didn't even phone it in. She was just reading lines off her phone. Um, what was the budget on this movie? Oh, a lot. I'll tell you that. And you know what? I'm coming in hot. Let me back up. This is the best D&D movie they've made. It is not the Whoa. best fantasy movie. It is not the best sword and sorcery movie. Is that $150 million? I would not be shocked. Well, it shows like the first thing it says 45 and 35, but then it says 151. So who the fuck? I um I will say I ultimately did like this movie. I'm in like I'm in Randy territory. I'm in like three and a half or four. It depends on the mood. Um, I saw this movie at the Regal. We did the um spray you in the face with perfume. Uh, not a roller coaster, more like a mechanical bull version. Not the great, not the greatest. Uh, not a lot of rumbling. I mean, it was pretty subdued, which I appreciate. But uh, man, I like the movie. Um. All right. So what do you what do you all want to know about? Because really, I I had to open up with that because I'm going to be doing a lot of hair splitting here. Um, the movie works. Okay. And if you're a fan of Marvel movies and you're a little bit interested, go watch it. It's it's a very easy watch. Clarification. Um, the 2000 Dungeons and Dragons movie was uh, 45 million. OK, this 150. Yeah. OK, that checks out. Um, and you can tell it's a fucking Marvel movie, dude. Um. Now I can get very nitpicky. Is there anything in particular you would like to know about the film? Um, yes. Now again, you are close to this subject matter, and okay, I'm very opinionated. You, uh, yes, of course. <laughs> you are Icarus, my friend. Yeah. So when when something like this, a, a new attempt, um, and 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 you know, again, the way that you've cited, kind of painted this in context coming from the Marvel side of things. Yeah. You know, which is a, the natural progression, obviously. For yes, for go. sure. But I think that with that, um, and, you know, the success of Marvel, for the most part, again, nitpicking, mm -hmm. um, is their relationship to the source material. Yeah. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that's a big part of the Marvel thing, and that's what I'm saying, like nitpicking. So, like, you know, from a bird's eye view, how do you think the treatment to, you know, for lack of a better term, source material with D&D, &D, do you think they they did the little things right? Um, that you could see this was a thoughtful approach. It, oh man, they were really walking on a tightrope because I think a lot. So there was a big scandal where uh, Wizards of the Coast was going to start trying to start um retaining intellectual property oh yeah i read that on variety no it, it uh so they they said it was a mistake yeah oh, which yes. is a new corporation thing where you know Thank papers God. leak so this is important in the podcast world because critical role is like huge but again um is that a podcast yeah D, D is open source though so if we wanted to play a game we could use all of their like box set material and it would just be free use and if we made money off of it, we would keep all of it. So they put out some um, legal papers that said, hey, if you make X amount of money, we get blank. If you make X amount of money, we get more. If you make over blank, we own your show. And they got pushback. And 
I think they knew that they made a lot of older fans like angry with that. Because the, the beauty about D&D is you can kind of bring it anywhere and do anything with it without fear of like the IP demons, right? And, the IP demons. And they did give a lot of love to their unique lore. Like a lot of D&D is built out of uh, mythological creatures from all cultures. But, you know, the tattoos I have on me are the Beholder, which was made by Gygax. And it's unique. So, but I mean, we get to see a rust monster in here. We get to see a gelatinous cube. It wasn't rust. <laughs> Honestly, if you if your city has little rust monsters running around fighting over copper, you have a fucking huge problem. Rust. And this is the, this is how I know I'm a nerd. It's like you have German cockroaches in your kitchen. So, you got a huge problem. So uh, the interesting shit with this movie is kind of the genre, um, where it falls in the Venn diagram of genre films, because it kind of occupies a lot. There's horror elements in here. There's fucking like Ocean's Eleven's moments. There's Western shit going on. And uh, there's deep, endless lore that you can pull from. So I think they handled it correctly, which is the comic book way. Because Marvel has been going on for fucking 100 years of just, you know, building, building, building on this. And it's like, well, how do we parse it out? And you got to be careful and quick. And they did that here. The difference is that people know the characters from Marvel but in D&D, you know, if we were going to play a game, we'd all make new characters. So you get archetypes that you play with. So the uh, we'll stay on this Marvel thing. Uh, again, you know, all, both of us, uh, in fact, all of us here, yeah. uh, we over the, uh, again, we got to realize Marvel's, you know, we've been making Marvel's for 20 years closely at this mm -hmm. point, pretty much. Um, and, you know, those are early days. These were not good movies. No. And, and it takes, and I would maybe even think, uh, you know, the character development was also probably a little slow as well in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So I imagine, you know, do you how how high do you think the ceiling is for this? Because like Marvel obviously had to grow into the juggernaut Here. that it is today, and obviously I think that the the source material um has you know it's it's going to be bigger uh, than Dungeons and that, Dragons, but I think they can coexist. That's a good way to prime that because the difference is the problem that superhero movies had is the origin story. Because you have a character who has, like, Batman's been around forever. You have to, like, reestablish that character, yeah. which ends up happening all the time. The difference with... Um, so the reason I use uh, the Avengers or Guardians of the Galaxy, like, people didn't know the cast from Guardians. You'd had to go on Wiki and pretend you had read those comics. But it's fine, because Marvel created a narrative that kind of embraced a handful of, like, uh, characters and star power helps star power does help and there is a little bit of that in dnd not on the level of the mcu but they've created a new modern kind of story device where you can bring a group of people together you endear the audience through them intercommunicating and put them on a generic plot device that we don't really need fleshed out but early marvel and early dc it's all the origin story that's why the movies like fucking morbius didn't work because we're back there. We're back yeah. in the dark ages again. Yeah. But with D&D, we're not dealing with characters that have any backstory. Although they kind of do. And in this movie, if you watch it, which honestly, Clark, I'll say this. I know you're, you hate everything with the realm in it mm -hmm. and fantasy. This plays like a fucking Guy Ritchie Marvel movie, though. Okay. Like, it's very quick. Uh, uh, by I'll, the way, Guy Ritchie's got a new movie coming out very soon. Very excited. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Randy. <laughs> oh, my God. Get rid. I mean, no, here's the thing. 
in this movie, we get like kind of forced, very quick backstories. Like Michelle Rodriguez is a barbarian and they give her backstory very like somebody will be telling it. And then we get a flashback sequence and they do that for everybody just to give you a little bit of insight. But man, it's quick at two fifteen runtime. Honestly, it could have been longer, which is not something I would normally, you know, advocate for. But man, this was an easy watch. But we we we're off to the races. It's I'm I guarantee you, if you have no interest in the tabletop game, this movie will be completely digestible. Anybody could watch it. It's really capitalizing on the groundwork that Marvel did. And you don't think that that was a cost too high for the overall satisfaction no, of the movie for it's, you? It's uh for me, I liked it. And yeah. you know, here's the thing: I know I talk a lot of shit on Marvel, but I like those movies too. I just, I choose to rather spend my time in the world of like sub genres that aren't very explored, sure. like found footage yeah, or yeah. like indie horror. So I just choose not to live there. And also yeah. the storytelling's not like, they don't do a ton of interesting shit. So I, I, I have ADD. I get bored. Yeah. Like the new Ant-Man. My God. I just, I couldn't bring myself. Quadromania. Yeah. And you know, you know, it's funny mm. when I watched D&D, we watched it with the, our D&D group basically who all love Marvel. So I mean, yeah, here cuz they're fucking nerds. Exactly. Dude. And you know what? Only two of them watched Ant-Man. We went there with like eight people and they're like, "Yeah, I don't know. It's Ant-Man, dog." Well, I also think it's fatigue. Yeah, like it's how cool. much fucking TV and Again, like, 20 years we've been talking about Marvel. All right. So, here are my nitpicks. Again, these are very uh these are cinematic tropes that I think D&D could have expounded on or explored with their unique style of collaborative uh, storytelling. Also, we get a lot of stuff. One thing that I was really bummed about, the PG-13 rating on this movie. I th and now I understand. They're really trying to build a whole new WCU out of this, so they got to get them young. If they would have went rated R, there's an opportunity for unique choreography here. and. You know, it's interesting. You were talking about John Wick earlier, and the choreography is really kind of what won me over. It's kind of like gun kata, sure, but not so it is a, fantastical. What John Wick for is a ballet of bullets. Cool. Thank you so much. But it's also the reverse of Marvel, where John Wick is Thank a, God for that. Well, it's a movie expanding its lore for a franchise, where Marvel is a movie condensing its lore for a franchise. So D D fits in there more. Now, the choreography um, could have been, now, because it's a game and we have divine casters, which the adventuring party in this group did not, which was a huge problem. Okay, I realize who I'm talking to. There are two types of magic in D&D. Yeah. &D. One is uh, if you're like a dork who is um, laboring over ancient knowledge, you can uh, bend reality to cast spells like Merlin. Sure. Or... If you're like a religious maniac and you pray to a God in D and D, the God will talk to you and they grant you miracles. Oh, we're going old Testament. Old baby. Testament. So give me that one. So if you worship a God, miracles are, there's like a little bit of a different, um, uh, application to those spells and you can heal people or revive the dead. If you're really badass. So there's the civil dead. There's potential here. Cause what I Call fucking back. hate, is Star Wars. I hate how we have lightsaber fights where if anybody gets cut, you lose a hand because you don't want to kill off a character, but you want them to be wounded. Sure. Well, in D&D, &D, there was an opportunity. You could have people get fucked up. Now, hit points in D&D, &D, 
they represent your life, right? So when you level up, you get more hit points. I know I'm in the weeds here. I can feel it. What it reflects narratively, though, it's not like you can lose both your arms and keep fighting. It's kind of a reflection. Monty Python did it. Well, it's true. Um, What I think it reflects narratively is the ability to carry on while wounded. So, you know, it's kind of like in a Western, if you got shot. That's a very British thing to say. I I understand. But, (laughs) you know, it's like in Scream 6, when you get stabbed 48 times. You're a high-level fighter at that point. I should have watched that over John Wick yesterday. Dude, for sure. It was a timing Scream thing. 6 is a lot of fun. I know. But in that movie, you know, actually, that's a very good way to describe it. These people are getting fucked up. Like, regular people would die. But because, regular they're, people. because they're heroes returning, they carry on. They have a lot of hit points. I wanted that from D&D. I wanted people to get wounded, to bleed, and then I wanted somebody to come over, pray to their god, and, like, reverse the wound. There's also opportunity for them to suffer in that because if you take an ax to your neck, aren't dead. And then, you know, you have a dude worshiping the, the God of the sea comes over, uses a, a component of salt water, dumps it on your neck and then closes the wound. That doesn't sound like fun to me. No, that's going to tickle. We, we just don't deal with it because there's no cleric in the party. Nobody really gets oh, hurt. Got to have a cleric in the party. You need a cleric. <laughs> um, party like a cleric party. That cleric party goes, Randy. Nowhere like this joke. <laughs> oh, oh my god, Randy! Have you ever played a tabletop game? Absolutely not. No. Come on, Randy. Do you eat on a dinner table? Or do you eat on a counter? Uh, yeah, I usually eat on a counter, standing up, or on the couch. So another thing, lying down. Like <laughs> prostrate? No. <laughs> so I sat next to Terrell. And I, I have to mention, we were in the uh, the bucking bull seats at the Regal. Ooh. Um, before the seats even activated. <laughs> so here's another thing. Um, shout out to our listener, Sean. He told me that he went to the fandom event opening night where there was no fanfare. No, of course. Uh, they had nothing. Not even a fucking poster for you. We went to the Regal where they had a bucket, a beautiful little D&D popcorn bucket. They had a popcorn or they had a soda cup. With a mimic topper. A mimic is a treasure chest that's actually a monster. Thank you so much. And they had a poster with uh, featuring the body positive dragon who steals the movie. Um, well, Ooh, fat dragon, a fat dragon. I love dude. a fat. You dragon. would love this dragon. All right, I'm back. Um, uh, Chuggy, who survived the mall shooting, loved this dragon. If uh, you catch my drift, does there. he talk? Does dragon talk? No, but uh, like saying like a good slasher, he really emotes. Okay. Um. Here's the thing. They didn't really uh, secure the top to these sodas very well. I caught mine. Oh, you had a spill? Oksana, no, no, I caught it. I was like, hey, what's going on here? And I closed it and Oksana said, thank you. That I couldn't do it. I tried. Yeah, they, they were tough. Terrell, on the other hand, did not. And he squeezed his soda to pick it up and it splashed completely on our both my right leg and his left leg. Come on, dude. He got up, wiped down his seat... <laughs> I just, I lived in it. I said, fuck it. I'm tired. I'll just soak it up. A tale of two men. Uh, while the seat started bucking, he proceeded to throw his entire popcorn <laughs> on me. He went, oh, and it <laughs> half that fucking thing dumped on me. I believe it. So I was tarred and feathered through this movie. Oh, and Sounds I was very D&D like. Did you see the, the popcorn bucket and the cup topper and everything probably downstairs. but i've already ex- <laughs> it from my memory 
very good. Although I did not get the D20 popcorn bucket that is now on eBay for 70 fucking dollars. Why? I'm mad. Because you don't have a stupid bucket? I want it. Fuck the bucket, dude. They also had a little mug that came out. I think that's going for a million dollars online, too. Anyway, back to my hair splitting. So Terrell was talking about like, oh, I like her. I like her power. And I had to be like, mm. I like her power. It's not. Again, we got to learn. We got to learn the difference oh between a superhero God, you, movie you, and a D&D movie. I can't enjoy anything nice with you, dude. <laughs> well, there's an opportunity. It's an here. explanation for everything. No, because there's a. Um, oh, my God. There's equality in D&D. Anybody can. Well, okay. That's not true. Don't hold it against me, those that play the game. But potentially anybody can pick up a magic sword and now have the ability. It's not oppressive like the superhero word where you have to be born into it. What kind of elitist shit is that? You have to be born into your powers? D&D, you can find good treasure. Which, I hated the Hobbit movie. Beautiful treasure in that movie. In the, did you? <laughs> I was about to ask y'all if you watched The Hobbit. I should know who no. I'm talking to. There's a moment... Where um, Sting is revealed in a little pile of treasure that these trolls the had artist? kept. No. And the wrestler. The, the, the treasure looked immaculate. Beautiful frame. I would put that up on a wall. This movie? Dude, the treasure was fucking lackluster. If we're mm. talking D&D, we're talking about LLCs, private corporations who choose to go out and risk their lives for riches and fame. I would not be risking anything for this treasure. It was Bro, lackluster and boring. You got to have a good treasure. You need good treasure. That's the whole purpose, Dave. There's one at the end of the movie. Somebody absconds with a Stanley Cup looking thing. It's the, Stanley, so, the Stanley Cup is that that's your Cadillac of trophies. But it's stupid looking in this movie. All right. Um, <laughs> Stanley Cup's the best trophy. It's very Stanley Cup looking. Uh, also, this fantasy world. I love a low fantasy. I love it when you find a magic sword. This could change everything. Like the world economy may be like disrupted. This movie, high fantasy. World economy is disrupted. <laughs> Banks are failing by the day. That's why I'm, I'm full crypto, by the way, now. Dude. Oh, I understand. That's for your other podcast, though. Yeah, dude. Um, a crypto town. <laughs> you and Randy talking crypto. <laughs> it's where I get all my hot takes. I'm a crypto hipdo, dude. Um, okay. I realize I'm running long. If you would like yep. to talk to me about D and D, feel free to DM me on Instagram is where I'm more, most active at Lord battle. I have many hot takes. I if will... you would like to talk to me about D and D <laughs> kill yourself. <laughs> All right. Uh, is there anything else I really wanted to get in there? I don't know. Honestly, I think you would have fun with it. There is an opportunity to, it's never going to happen for unique combat because a lot of D and D can boil down into the video game trope of, a group of people fighting one very hard to take down tankish monster. And we do get a little bit of that. Um, I did like the snow owl bear. I thought that was cute. I, they worked in a tiefling. I didn't think There's I was an owl man. Uh, one of the girls from it movie uh, plays a tiefling character in this. I, under, I know you know, I have no idea what I'm talking no. about. Uh, great job. I thought I would never root for a tiefling. What's um, a tiefling? Uh, I'm not going to even try and explain it to you. Is it a Moloch? No. It's uh, a horn bitch interested. with a horn girl with a tail. I'm only Moloch. I'm Moloch's only these days. A Birdman is the butt of a joke. It's a it's a callback joke, too, oh, in the film. Birdman. You would enjoy it. What is Birdman going to come back on? Never. All Again, right, I'm fair. losing your... <laughs> D&D, it's great. You know what? I'm going to give a four. Oh, would, you know, that's four, four with... 
a single dude. They didn't have a single character that I was rooting for. Not Chris Pine. The insecure magic user. I he grew on me by the end of the movie. Oxen, am I wrong? Did you like any of the characters in here? Yeah, I told you I liked the the evil wizard. Of course you did. The, she, you know, when you dressed up as a witch for Halloween, <laughs> that's kind of the aesthetic I was getting from her, too. Yeah, she looked very unhealthy and, like, <laughs> uh, sickly the whole time. <laughs> and she's, like, bulging. Like, her face is very good for that character. I actually looked her up because I was wondering why she looked familiar to me, and I lost the tab of the other movie she was in. <laughs> oh, she was in the new uh, Wrong Turn movie. Oh, she's one of the like hill people, I think. Well, wow, that's a come up from the new wrong turn to fucking the <laughs> Dungeon and Dragons movie. Also, here's a callback to Uff. I was hanging out she with must have taken a right turn. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Just like you and your haircut. Now here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, back to back. <laughs> I was hanging out with um, Susie from Horror in the High Desert. She's the uh, reoccurring character. Who's the reporter. The- yeah. She her first film was a D&D horror movie. That's how she described it. We got to look that up. Oksana, can you pull that thing up? We got to find that movie. She was like, yeah, they gave me a shot. She was seemed kind of embarrassed about it. Uh, We got to dig that one up. What's that movie called? Unwatchable? (sighs) All right, try again. We could edit that one out. Uh, That's a Norm MacDonald show. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What's it called? Yeah, you got to open up the expand page on IMDb to get it. Is it Night Chills? Uh, you should know from the poster. It's night with a K. There it is. Night oh, chills. Mama <laughs> mia. Oh, yeah, that's a good poster. You can tell the poster looks like an undead warrior. All right, I do like that. Man. Which Oksana, that uh, wizard that you liked, did you realize she was a lich? I didn't make that connection. Though. See, this is the nuance lost on the plebs of the fucking mall community that's going to populate the theater and make them a lot of money. But Word. it's fine. They know what's going on. Also, I thought it was cute that Terrell was like, how are they going to beat her? She's so powerful. I'm like, you want to know how to beat her? You punch her in the fucking face because the wizard is a bitch. Uh, them and elves. All right. D&D rant over. She didn't remind you of like Black Widow or whatever her name is from from Marvel. Yeah. Not re- Black Widow. The Russian spy. Are you talking about Scarlet Witch? Scarlet Witch, yeah. Yeah, I did get that vibe. And <laughs> Our I think, favorite alien? I think that's why Terrell was like, how are they going to beat her? I'm like, dude, you beat a wizard by punching him. All right. Uh, I, dude, we've run pretty long today. No, you ain't cutting it. Uh, I, I Wouldn't it be funny if we did cut it? No. Because we've, we've been teasing this movie for like <laughs> a year. We could keep it short. I don't think, I honestly. I think it's funny if we did cut it. <sighs> what do you want to do? I love. I really liked this movie. Okay, let's talk about it then. All right, we'll keep it brief. We finally saw Agnes. So yeah, we did. We watched Agnes again. Um, Tony Pelham. He was on the God. What was it like two years ago? I no, feel last like, year. Was it a lockdown episode? No, no, no. Uh, I was in Phoenix, so it was last year. Yeah, if yeah, it felt like a while ago. Um, he recommended if you listen to the show. I think no. It was. I tell you right now. I am almost certain it was last June, possibly July. Uh, I'm pretty sure I had COVID while talking to him and I didn't know it. It was July 13th, Thank 2022. You so much. Episode 356. Oh. Goddamn. So, yeah, um, the curator of the Blob Show, uh, go listen to that podcast. He recommended Agnes to us. And I remember thinking, what a weird recommendation from a dude who kind of has a educated palate in film. Like, this looked like lowbrow horror. 
And I honestly, I mean, I remember when this came out and I missed it and I was like, okay, whatever, it's gone. But after he recommended, it's been lingering in the back of my head. I'm like, why the fuck did he recommend this weird? Uh, I mean, of all the subgenres of horror, the like nunsploitation, like modern nunsploitation, just seems to be like a very dry well that constantly is being redug. I mean, I, I wrote down movies that had come out around the time. Uh, Benedetta came out the same year. Saint Maud was a couple years prior. Then there's that movie we watched recently in the theater that I couldn't fucking remember the name if you paid me. Conscription or something? Something like that. Something yeah. Consecration? With a C. Consecration, yes. yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm, we're constantly digging our way out of these. The Vatican tapes comes to mind because yeah. it's not a found footage movie. Fuck them. And I'm like, Clark, we should watch a movie together. <laughs> How about Agnes? And uh, again, Clark was excited about this one because he's a fan of writer-director Mickey Reese. Love it. And I'm like, okay, this should be interesting. Uh, Mickey Reese, um, we had, this is not your first Mickey Reese film. Do you know that? Are you he, sure? 100%. Because uh, we saw his first uh, That's movie right. earlier. Climate of the Hunter. Which I really like, the vampire movie. Yeah, and yeah. again, it was like, you know, that was the other thing. It's like, man, this is an interesting take on something. Yeah, because you think it's one thing and it's something completely different. And that's what he does in Agnes. That's what he kind of does in Country Gold, which I had talked about uh, last year that would have made my list, but I kind of took it off because it was only uh, sort of the um, theater. It was doing a fistful, film. Oh, boy. It was running a <laughs> film festival circuit. So... Now it's finally, um, uh, it's doing theater runs uh, that are uh, procured uh, by uh, Mickey Reese. Unfortunately, I missed it when he was at the Alamo on Wednesday, um, but uh, was able to see it as a part of Fantastic Fest and could not love Country Gold more because that is, if if you could make a movie for Clark, it would be Country Gold. Yeah. And I think that he nailed that part of it. Um, so was uh, super excited to finally pay off uh agnes but man yeah definitely not what we thought it was he's a dude who enters into genres that are very like trope heavy and then he kind of either ignores or reappropriates all of them and agnes isn't any different and i think me and clark had the same reaction when we started the movie because you look online i believe we looked at imdb and we're like dude 3.9 like I think you got a little worried. No, no. Well, I was just <laughs> I was I was honestly more curious than anything, because that yeah, that's a bad IMDb score. Oh yeah. But again, IMDb is a terrible terrible barometer for taste. Now you know when you said that, I had thought of a thing we might be able to do, where if IMDb is kind of like, so okay, let's look at it this way: Who is rating shit on IMDb? The the scum of the earth. Well, I think just like casual fans. Like, like I said, like people, scope of the earth. Like, well, I think people who don't pay attention to directors or they're not really into the craft, but they watch a lot of movies. Part, of, yes, and but because uh, I'm, I always hearken back to my early days, mm-hmm. and I think that most people should because you know you're you're learning, um, you're new, and you think you know you have this interest, and um, you at least for me, you know. He's like, yeah, I, I I know what I like in movies, and if something is not within that scope, you want to reject against it. Yeah. But I think over time, I learned to accept those things as well. And so, you know, 
after Over a while, time, yes, yeah. you evolve into a, a you know um, a person that uh, is you know has a, a higher grade of uh, understanding of story and narrative and and uh, camera work and acting and all of this stuff. A cultured palate. It takes time to build that. So yeah. I think that you know, but the internet. The internet interjects into that, and everyone has a megaphone. Everyone has a soapbox. And I think sometimes that these two worlds collide where uh, everyone who has a microphone probably shouldn't have one because they don't have a fully evolved uh, a, a palette. No, no. It, you understanding know, what they're I, saying. I get what you're saying, and I would agree with you if there was only one outlet. But I think the internet does a good job of like um, allowing cultures to break so, you know what I mean? You can have like a civil discourse or you can go to Twitter sure. or, you know, you can uh, um, live in objective reality or you could uh, hang out with Randy's folks in the Q world. Sure. I'm not, look, with everything, <laughs> with everything, there is an ecosystem. Yeah. But what I'm working towards is I think IMDb is people who aren't very invested in film. So you get a lot of like casual people or like maybe they're horror fans, but they don't really think too much about it. So you get that which reflects the 3.9. What do you think would be the other side of that coin? What do you mean? Like what oh, if, highly rated, like people who spend a lot of time in film and think they have a very um, informed opinion and would take to the internet to put their judgment. Well, uh, you know, I think the dark Knight was like a 9.8 for the longest time on, or something like that on IMDb. Okay. So, so it's like big, it's, you know, movies with a lot of, uh, no, no. What, what I'm saying is like, if, vision. um, if casual fans go to IMDb, where do people who are like putting on, they watch film, not movie. Where do I they would rate? say letterbox. Exactly. So I think we should pull up, uh, Agnes on letterbox and see what it's sitting at. But again, there's an ecosystem. And there are put your phone down. There, I'm, I'm looking at letterbox. I know, but we got producers okay. to do that. Oh, oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, news to me. Randy. Also, it doesn't give you a uh, average rating. It just shows you all the ratings. Doesn't it show it right up top? An average. I think there's an average. Yeah, it should. Two point six. Okay. Out so. of three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's let's do some math here. Well, again, I think all right. We're we're talking a lot here. Does it have a higher rating on IMDb? We know why the rating's low. We talked about it. Yeah, but I was thinking, yeah, now here. It's out of five on Letterboxd. I yeah. don't know if, is IMDb 10? 10. So, Randy, crunch there's, the numbers. There's a lot of threes. There's it's roughly the same. Dude, three and a six out of five is good. You know what? I didn't account for the curveball. The thing is that horror movies are looked down upon, even especially among the critical. They're like, oh, it's a cute horror movie. Uh, you know, fuck, Letterboxd, I expected more out of you. Because here's the thing. I thought this movie was a Walmart straight-to-DVD um, feature. And the cover really gives you that. What, what I mean there is we're not trying too hard with the plot. Uh, hopefully there's a good payoff in the third act, and there's a couple of jump scares along the way. Agnes could not be less that. It's, a, um, it's almost like two completely different movies that deal a lot with like faith and feeling uh, disconnected from your community. And we start in a church setting and the way that they deal with it is uh, you're different, you're possessed. Yeah. And then we move into uh, below the poverty line of regular life. And when you become disconnected there, 
you maybe the movie scene you turn to comedy you become like you become um um cynical to a point to where people start looking to you and i thought there was like an in- interesting juxtaposition there but anyway that's a conversation that if i bought this movie at walmart well, because of who I am, I, I might be like, whoa, this is really interesting. Yeah. But I would understand why all my friends would be like, this is garbage. Exactly. It's, n- yeah. Uh, especially with the third act, man. Yeah. It's even the way it ended. We yeah. end on a like philosophical monologue with a priest and an ex nun who are, uh, she asks him a spiritual question and he uses the only thing he has in front of him to kind of run down how we physically interact with God using a bad sandwich. I thought it was beautiful. I was emotionally moved by it. (laughs) It was great. I thought it was fantastic. So this is a Randy movie masquerading as something Terrell would love. Which is where Clark (laughs) lives, baby. (laughs) Right. I honestly beautifully made great. The acting was incredible. And you know, even I, I was, dude, I'm going to be honest with you. I, the one hesitation of why I didn't want to start this is like, fuck, I wish we would have planned this out because Randy should watch this too. He should. So Randy, Randy would next, give it a, next week, down. your review of Agnes. Yeah, he would give it a three and a half and move on. Randy, you got the, you got your Hulu subscription up and running? I do, yeah. All right, boom, you can sneak in an Agnes, uh. Actually, probably not tonight. It's uh, 8.30. Uh, yeah, Atlanta I know. Yeah, it's funny because we have Randy on a TV in the room and he's in front of our window. But Randy's also recording with the window behind him. Out his window, it looks like uh, vampires are about to come out. I know. The, the, <laughs> the sun has dropped in Atlanta. Yeah, it actually looks really pretty out there. Do you, do you have your nice. TV backlit, Randy? I do, yeah. That's why you're seeing a red light reflecting. Oh, I thought the Draculas were coming in through the fireplace. What the fuck am I supposed to say a red light, dude? So if you look in his window reflection, there's a black square that I was guessing. Was oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and, I see. And Circle I'm like, gets a square. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a <laughs> demonic red light behind it. Anyway. You got a backlight, dude. Um, Agnes was great. Shout out to uh, Oksana who pulls random faces out of the crowd and re- recognized Rachel True <laughs> in full nun attire. Again, she's... Uh, the uh, beautiful black woman from the craft. Beautiful. One of my favorite witches, honestly. The original one, not the. Yeah, the original one, not the other one. I never seen the craft. Is that something I should do? Um, no, because it's nostalgic and it's witches, and uh, you would hate it. No, but well, what's the witch show I love? Charmed. Oh, I love Charmed because. <laughs> no, you didn't. I I had a fascination of Rose McGowan. Okay, I still get it. do. Yeah. Um, did the Epstein thing hurt that fascination? No, no. Crazy, uh, crazy is hot, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, she's both. God, okay. Um, okay, Agnes, is there anything? Rose you McGowan, wanted? five stars. I mean, here's the thing. So we watched it on Hulu, and I wrote down a list of the movies. It's like you might also want to watch, and it named the Last Rite, where the T yeah. is an upside down cross. The Sacrament, which is a movie I mentioned seeing at the Kabuki earlier. Along came a devil. The accursed. The Wretched, XX, Amulet, Gaia. It's like, no, these movies are nothing. They're, so I'm like, did people at Hulu even watch it? Like, clearly, this movie should be in like kind of a, um, oh God, I don't know where you would put it. Because it's not really a horror movie. That's the thing, man. It's, it's, it, falls, it falls prey to that. It's how the hell do you market this thing? 
It's a great movie, and I think it does throw people off because, honestly, it touches on a lot of things, and then it just kind of leaves it there because we're moving on. But I think there is a cohesiveness to everything there. Uh, but, you know, in Acts 1 and 2, like, we've got some proper jokes. like And horror. And horror. There's an exorcism. But, yes. But the jokes are interesting because yeah. the movie... Everything in the movie, the way it's filmed, the music playing is all geared to horror, but the jokes are jokes and it's, it leaves you as an audience kind of, you have to make a choice here. And it's interesting because, um, actually, but boy kind of has this tone but boy, where it's playing with like genre tropes, but the story is actively going against the grain. That is a excellent, excellent, uh, comparison. Man, uh, it's interesting. Um, while we were watching the movie, um, Oksana Valeria Vosachi was doing motherly things because uh, that's what she does. And uh, <laughs> when she came back down, uh, I mean, it was like you had missed a completely different movie because the third act is completely different yeah. um, than than what we've established in the first two acts. And so... Um, yeah, it just kind of throws that curveball, but... Uh, Dude, down to the point of, I didn't realize the protagonist was who she was until we're in the third act. Yeah. I'm like, oh, she's the lead? Yeah, and she's, it's, her name's not the name of the movie. So it's no. like, yeah. It's, and there's a lot, unlike D&D, this movie is populated with interesting characters. Yeah. And any one of them could have been the lead, except for the lead. Who I'm like, whoa, you were kind of the most, I don't, not like flat. Like she's interesting. She's a pretty girl, but she had a lot of room to grow. Also, what did you, okay. In the third act. I, yeah. I liked her a lot. We get, um, my new favorite comedian, Paul Satchmo. Oh, Satchmo. Satchmo. That's right. <sighs> Paul Satchmo, uh, played by, um, oh God, what's his first name? I have no idea. Uh, James Gunn's brother. Randy, do you know, uh. Randy, the big James Gunn fan here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Randy knows things. That is Sean Gunn. Sean Gunn. Yes, thank you. Now, I love watching genre films uh, portray comedy, especially with Clark there, because it's always interesting. Like, historically, the clown has always been a truth teller, but they occupy a very important and weird role in society. Yeah. And I'm like, everything was such a curveball in this movie that I had no idea what they were going to portray him as. And I was excited to like get your read on it. And I felt like his standup lost you halfway through. I, you even made a joke about how bad it was, right? Oh, it was terrible. But it did. I mean, that wasn't the point. You know what I mean? Um, what do you think the point was? Well, it's interesting. <laughs> Uh, cause man, when it went in that direction again, you know, I, there's, there's, there's a lot to unpack here. And to be honest, a second viewing, I think is oh, necessary. Sure. Um, cause man, it kind of, um, things changed dramatically and I was not prepared for, they teased the Paul Sachimo character, yeah. but what happens it makes you think that he plays a much more central part in the story. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that, that maybe there may be some um, Easter eggs that were missed, uh, which is common for me because I'm colorblind. Well, I think everything's just very calculated in this film. 
and uh, his stand-up, it looks like it's in a bar, like tiny, but it's there's a lot of people there. So you're like, okay, he might be good. But he's got kind of like a quirky energy. Like he feels almost like a Mr. Bean. Like maybe he's playing a character. I would love it. He opens up strong. I remember thinking he was funny right off the bat, almost like a Tim Heidecker in a movie. And his wardrobe was a little weird, right? Like kind of like dad's died in this suit and I'm wearing it. In, in you know, stand up for 19. I mean, I, I you know, I think the aesthetic, everything, I liked it. Uh, because uh, it was a it was a very specific choice. It was like eighties, right? It Everything, like yeah, it, it felt like that. But I and I think that's what they wanted to go for because when we get again, we spend a lot of time in the convent in Act One and Two. That is where we spend our time. Yeah, and then in Act Three, we're out in the real world. So we have no real measurement of time from our first two acts, and then we're thrown into the real world. And so it's in and again. Um, we're still very much within the universe of the movie, so it's kind of hard to tell what time error we are in, and especially with this this character um, who's playing a, a small town comedian, uh, playing these weird dive bars. It's good. Um, Paul Sachimo. Paul Sachimo with you also called on it the worst posters ever. He has all over his home and I immediately wanted one. So here's the thing, you know, um, we, we do the unnamed footage festival and whenever you are part of something, uh, you, you artists tend to hang up their work. So like, you know, we have a uh, posters downstairs from the film fest and this comedian had posters from his uh, shows. They were the most uninspired drab advertisements. And they all looked very similar to one another. And they all looked fucking unappealing. Like airbrush sort of uh, Dude, font. Terrible. Yeah. But it kind of, you know, this is the way that you like what learn about a character. Yeah. I, Paul Sachemo. Randy, you know what? If you watch it, I really want you to to pay attention to his um We didn't set. even, we didn't talk about the cool priest. The cool priest, uh, Frank Black. Yeah. I think was his name. Priest, Am priest I Black. wrong? Uh, I want to well, Father Frank, Black. Yeah, Frank Black is uh from the Pixies. Really, I think Chris Browning plays Father Black, who again he feels like he could have had a whole movie centered around him. He gives this story in an interview in like a sixty-minute show where he's talking about how he grew up. Well, they're talking about how he was excommunicated from the Vatican, kind of like an Ed Lorraine Warren. Like he's not sanctioned by the church, but he's the best at doing exorcisms. And he talks about how when he, when he was very young, his sister was possessed by a demon. And uh, the host is like, oh, and is this how you learned how to get, um, how to exercise a demon? He said, no, he never did it. He just grew up with the demon and he learned the ins and outs. And now that sounds like a very jokey kind of like a thing that would lose me in a movie. Yeah. Yet it's played so straight by a character who is just dripping with charisma. Yeah. That you're just like, Fuck you! Confidence the it. whole thing, dude. I love it. It it was fantastic. I love that character. The demon. Uh, what was the demon's name? I can't fucking remember. It was so weird. Like, so do you remember? No. It was like the demon Bane or something. It it, it was not that. It was fun. It was like Lebo or it something. Great. It was something like. No, weird. no. I think it was like monosyllabic. You might be right. I, there's so much going on in this damn film. I know. It's great. Um, and Mickey Reese is great. And maybe one day we'll have him on the show. Yeah. So if you came for like St. Maud, um, I understand why you gave it a two and a half on Letterboxd. 
But man, I'm disappointed, Letterbox. I really expected more out of you. Yeah, grow up, Letterbox, you piece of <laughs> shit. <laughs> Mickey Reese, you made one of the most entertaining. Um, I mean, honestly, this would probably be a nunsploitation because you're really exploiting the journey of a nun. You you just just go for the ride, man. Because like, there's some acclimation, but you you get you get nestled in. You can get you can get nestled in. Just ignore the poster. It's not that movie. It, I mean, again, the poster has an upside down crucifix on a red wall, dripping blood, while our uh, lead is, you know, half featured on the poster with her eye dripping blood. It's not that movie. I think there's value for a Randy Michael here. Oh, for sure. There's more value for a Randy Michael than there is for a Terrell Trotty. I think, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's an interesting comparison. I Right, I don't let's know. Do it. I think uh, I think there's stuff in there. Terrell can surprise me from time I'm, to time. I'm going to hit up Terrell. You know, he might have already watched it. Uh, but Randy, this is your homework. We'll compare sure. notes next Blu-ray Tuesday. I'll get him to cover it. There we go. All right, we did it. Uh, the gargantuan length episode. Where's over two hours? Uh, we had that technical delay. Yeah, well, I mean, we got we powered through. Shit. Again, sorry, my computer is biting the dust. Oh, another one. Oh, that's a nice Queen DJ Khaled collab. What? <laughs> what did you just say? My mind is racing, and I just ordered chili cheese fries. Oh, yeah. so I'm nice. eating like a fucking psychopath. And I'm eating like I'm anorexic, because I've had nothing. I've had three cups of coffee today. It is now 5.30 p.m. Oh, three cups of coffee. Why? You fasting, dude? No. I just I don't want to <laughs> eat before we record. The last thing I'll say, and I'll, this is how I'll end this episode. Last night in WrestleMania, oh. Logan Paul fought. WrestleMania. That's what I heard. Oh, thank you so much. Um, Logan Paul fought Seth freaking Rollins. That's how you say his name. That's his middle name is freaking. That's his, that's his whole thing. Um, by the way, his intro took four hours long. But anyway, I love it. Build it up. Uh, Logan Paul is a great heel. I just want to say that first and foremost, he's doing a fantastic job in wrestling. Everyone hates him and it's awesome. And he plays into it and he's very athletic and it's fun. But last night when he came into the ring, he had his a prime energy drink mascot along oh with my him. God. And it was revealed that it was a British YouTube sensation and business partner, Psy. Yeah. Um, and then Cy got body slammed. It was tight. Oh, that I'm into that. Oh, I'll show you. It's great. All right. Uh, WrestleMania part two talk next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.